All right. I'm going to turn your volume down for a minute so I can play the intro and we'll do the intro and we'll be ready. Uh, it's just an anything goes episode. We'll just talk about whatever comes in our mind. I mean, we can do an update. Hello, and welcome to another episode of WWE Sports Talk. <laughs> Today, we'll be focusing on the great Hulk Hogan. Today's episode is sponsored you by Peacock. It's free. Dumb Will Speak, a podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Dumb Will Speak, I'm Roy. I'm Chalen. Welcome back Chalen. Hey, it's, it's April, and uh, as we speak, it's Good Friday. This is uh, Holy Week, it so is. Resurrection Sunday is just two days away. And I received a notification this morning, an email that said, What is good about Good Friday? I didn't open it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it was from. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't know what was good about Good Friday? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was scared to open it. I didn't know who it was from. It could have been from Heretics United. <laughs> for all I know. <laughs> I, I think that's a truth. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people forget the importance of this whole week uh, coming into Sunday with resurrection. And, you know, the, I, the importance of the whole week for Christians, the way it all played out and you know those days i think we just sometimes underscore how important it really was he is yeah yeah we forget to concentrate on it i, th- I think it's a uh, a product of the 19th century onward where christmas gets more of the focus each year the attention of people and because of that easter gets sort of pushed to the side as an as an also ran type holiday when in fact it was the focus of the liturgy of, of the early church for centuries. Didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you do a several-week study on why we celebrate Easter when we do? Didn't you do a study on that in Sunday school back a few years ago? You remember that? Yeah, I, I, it was. It, you did that for several, <laughs> I don't remember how many weeks, but it was consecutive weeks running that you did it. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I did, and I guess I discussed a couple of reasons, potentially, why that occurred, and one example for the final standard in which they used was to make sure it never occurred on, uh, on at the same time as, as Passover, even yeah. though the original would have been on Passover, you know what I mean? So it's kind, yeah. of, it's kind of ironic that it almost seems anti-Semitic in a way, the way the church settled on their their the ruling um to this day i don't understand the concept of easter the way they have it set up and and you know over the last couple of years i have facetiously started calling it resurrection sunday instead of easter simply for, because of um certain pagan connotations including the word itself of easter and then the fact that by doing that i'm also irritating people who don't like for you not to use the word easter i guess but i don't care well, I Easter's think a traditional is name, but it's it's not. You know what I mean? It's not the name the early church would have used. Let's just, just be real; it's not. I prefer Resurrection Sunday. I mean, that's. I mean, Easter comes along with agree. Easter Bunny, Easter eggs, and you know we forget that it's Resurrection Sunday. It's the it's maybe not the Sunday, but it's a Sunday that we set aside to celebrate. On, we should do it every Sunday, to be honest with you, glorify the uh, resurrected Christ. And, but it is, and dare I say, it has pagan pagan roots for the the, the name Easter. Yes, yes. Uh, That's what I was talking about. You went through a several week study on that, I, and and I remember that because we were in the. There was a feedback from it. Yeah, there was. Well, I, I would prefer to call it a, a pushback. Yeah. From the way you e- Easter about it. is not and, a pagan holiday. Well, actually, it is and, historically so. And but if we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, it's 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 not a pagan holiday. That's a very Christian. That's well, that's the ground central for the for our religion for what we believe. Taylor, another way to know that it is indeed April and spring has sprung is that this large igloo type cup doesn't contain 
hot coffee. It's iced coffee, man, with vanilla caramel in it. Well, Mr. Spurgeon is hot. As I drink hot coffee with my Spurgeon. Shout out to Jared, Pilgrim's <laughs> Coffer. A Pilgrim's Coffer, that's right. And today I am wearing the Stormtrooper helmet t-shirt, which is actually an amalgam of multiple photos, including the Death Star. Because when I stood up, you said, Death Star! I was like, well, actually, look close. It's a, It all yeah, forms a, a picture. Helmet. It's a Stormtrooper helmet. Well, and we are just a, a little over a month away, about a month and 10 days. No, nah, a month, yeah, month and nine days to 11 days, sorry, from Obi-Wan. Yeah, coming out, and you know, they move the date back a day yeah. from the twenty fifth to the twenty sixth. But we get two episodes. episodes. Yeah, so it's like a movie to kick off the premiere. Uh, so you know, we're probably going to take ha- uh, heat from some of our more staunch um, listeners or or people that know us for even talking about Obi Wan now after Disney has gone off the rails on its. I already knew what Disney was. That's got nothing to do I with knew why. With why I and I still, I still have Disney because there's a lot of shows I like. However, I will say this: there are shows um, like the new one that came out, Turning Red. Uh, my children aren't allowed to watch it. We watch through it. There's a lot of. Re- it's not anything that I would say. I mean, there's a lot of things I wouldn't parent that way. You know, that teaches the kids. The kids running away. The kids disobedient to the parents. We don't. There's certain shows on there that don't. They're not allowed to watch. I mean, they just, they're um, no-nos. They know it. Yeah, you know, that goes back a long time, though. That goes all the way back to, like, Lizzie McGuire. You know, people. Yeah. And then that other show, the one that had. Uh, Parent Trap. Parent Trap was one that kind of did the same thing. Yeah. What's the one with Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter in it? Oh, um, Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. And, you know. Wow, that is sad that I knew that. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is, uh, normally I would, too, but my brain is just foggy, yeah. Haven't been away. Well, long. my kids are of the age we've had to deal with a lot of that. Yeah, you know, what you know they watch, what they not. And 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 when my kids were young, those shows were on the air, and we didn't let them watch them. You know, uh, my wife and I agreed it was uh, smart, elicky preteen and early teen girls mouthing off to their parents. The mom's in control of the household, and the husband, the husband, dad is a doofus who's barely there, and when he is, all he is is a screw up. You know what I'm talking about? It's that. Demasculate the males in the shows. That's that was already going on then. You already had Gay this, Day at at, at, at uh, I almost said oops, I almost said Holiday World. I meant to say Santa Claus, Indiana. Great um, park, great park. Yeah, it is. I meant to say season ticket holders. Yeah, I know you guys go all the time. I meant to say Disney, Disney World in Florida. Yeah, yeah, Orlando. So I mean, they they. I think it goes over the whole company, Disney, doesn't it? It, I mean, it might be. The they may do it at Disneyland Land. as well. I don't know, but I know they've been doing it for what twenty five, thirty years at, at 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 Disney World every every spring or summer. One there's a there's a day or a weekend where it's basically just just homosexual people get free reign, get free reign of the park. Shock. No, that's yeah, what I'm so saying. What it's been that, around for an entire generation. That and and the, even the shows we mentioned earlier, which I've already forgotten their names again. Are, are 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 old now? They're old. They're old school. Another generation of, of children have been raised since then, and and that is my point. Um, it's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. The leftward bent of Disney is is old. It's been around for decades now. This is not new. I mean, I understand people feeling uncomfortable even having their having their material in their home anymore for that reason. But at times, let's face it, as Christian parents, and I may I hope one day to be a grandparent my kids ever get married and get working on that for me um is that you know i i, I, I you got to have something you know what i mean for them to watch because if you don't give them something good to watch they're going to watch something else you just have to monitor what it is and decide for yourself as a christian parent as a believer what's good for your children and what's not you know for them to watch some of the old classic movies would be fine with me it always was fine with me yet um the Disney Channel and its programming was mostly off limits, with just a couple of exceptions for my kids. Very few things they actually I watched highly, on Disney Channel. You're talking about the old classics. I highly recommend if you want to watch something for children, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> You've lost your mind. <laughs> Sorry, that is a tongue in cheek joke. But I was sitting here thinking about Cookie, I'd like some more beans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Me, Mongo. Uh, the one, uh, the, the one that was my, uh, um, 
the Lion King. Remember the old Lion? King? I love the you know Akuna Matata. My girl still loves the you know uh, Timon and Pumbaa. We love the live action did you, version did you, of it. I was going to say, did you see the remake? Because I didn't. Oh, yeah, we loved it. Uh, we, you know, Aladdin. You know, <laughs> I remember somebody telling me one time, "Did you know?" I, I watched Aladdin when I got older, and I did not realize it had such a Muslim intake. Really, <laughs> that shocks you now. It was it, it was about that whole culture in general. It, it's it's set in Arabia. What 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 are you gonna do about it? Uh, and and so no, I did not. I did I go woke with Disney? No, but do I still have Disney? I don't support Disney in their decisions, but however, I do pay for their paid content so I can watch it. Yeah. I mean, I just do. I mean, I, I, it is what it is. I, have, I mean, where do we stop? Because I know, I know, we have a we have a cheap bundle that goes with our um, our telephone service, and it's the it's about the only way that like cable had gotten so expensive, and satellite is too prohibitively expensive for me as well. That it was just a matter of we had to pare everything down. It's just me and her, and we only watch a few things anyway. But I want to be able to watch something, you know, if I want to watch something, and so. In order to get Hulu and Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one package for just, I think, less than $15 a month, I couldn't turn it that, that down. You know what I mean? I, you know, we have all the streaming services because, like you, we did away with cable. I still cannot watch the Three Amigos, and I'm not on, I'm still unhappy. It's on none of them. Did you, I have to rent it. You, it did show up on Peacock. In the early days of Peacock, like 2019, 2020, when it first, when Peacock first it started. Ain't there. No, I know it's not there now. Uh, it may come back over time. They don't show everything constantly. They rotate their stuff out because okay. Peacock also shares stuff with Hulu and shares stuff with, as far as movie content, they also share stuff with Hulu as well as uh, Netflix and a couple others. I mean, there's even, uh, I found one now called, that's been around for years and I just didn't know about it, but Tubi, T-U-B-I. Man, they're classic. I know you, you're probably not into old black and white movies, but I am. And Tubi's got so many. It goes with black and white. No, it wasn't. Well, it had a sequence, didn't it? It was silent movie actors, yes, remember? Yes, they had a sequence in the beginning. That's right. When they're on set. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they have a lot of uh, old movies and, and stuff like that. And a lot of old TV. So I, I've, I've found that fascinating. I've watched a few movies on there. Um, so... Again, I'm with you. I'm not, we're not saying we support Disney. Uh, others would say you are supporting them. You're giving them money, and that that that's a support because they're going to use that money to then fund all these fundraisers. You know, it goes back to what we used to listen to and talk about with Todd or not talk about with Todd Priel, but he talked about a lot on the show on wretched radio was you and I both have retirement investments and those are invested throughout the stock market to, to help us draw income when we retire. I don't, I mean, do I pull it out of every company that supports different? I don't even know what it's in half the time. It's diverse so much. Absolutely. And we don't know which companies are quote buying into the woke thing and which ones aren't. We don't know which ones promote fairly 
pay their female employees fairly compared to their males. We don't know any of that stuff. So whether you're a social justice warrior or you're a hardline conservative, how do you know what your money's being used on when all you're trying to do is build a nest egg for retirement? We don't, we don't know. Look, Paul said, the apostle Paul said, if you could find meat well-prepared and cheap, at a market that had just gotten it out of the back of the that the back of the market was connected to a temple where they where they had just sacrificed it to a false god, and you needed that eat to it. feed your family, eat it. You're not yeah. worshiping the idol that it was that it was that it was sacrificed to. So therefore, fine as long as you don't participate in the pagan idolatry part of it, the Christian can still eat the meat that was sacrificed to idols. Hey, that's anti-Judaism because under the old law, the Mosaic law, they were not allowed to eat anything sacrificed to an idol. Yeah. And we uh, commend the Jews that, that didn't do that back in the time because they were under that law. We're not under that law anymore, and Paul makes that clear. So, you know, if I like Star Wars, but I don't watch the other stuff, you know, I, I, I hate to be a smart luck about it, but you can always change the channel, turn the TV off, or whatever, anything that's bothering you. And if you're really concerned about it, you can drop it. You don't have to have it. But you also don't really have the right to judge someone that decides, well, I, I do want it. Sure, I agree. Now, because we're not talking about pornography here or anything like that, that's not what we're talking about. We're about we are talking about regular television with regular television content. It's not always good. Don't get me wrong. It's not always, um, you know, moral. Look at Two and a Half Men years ago. I mean, it was terrible. It was on ABC, CBS, whichever one. One of the networks, which I never watched. It was, but. No, it was terrible. Um, I do want to talk about something SBC, though. You and I talked a little bit about Bodie possible running. Well, now it has come out that Tom Askell is going to run. And I think Bodie is running with him for a different Uh, office. Isn't it? I think it's a different office. Maybe I I don't know which office, but Tom Askell's running for president. Bodie's talking about running. However, wasn't Bodie's going to be something to do with missions or something? I think, which would make sense. He is an active missionary. And, and so I do think, this is our last shot as an SBC. If it goes, you know, we're just talking about going woke. Uh, this kind of goes in with that Disney section we're talking about because the SBC seems to be moving further and further, further left as you could go. And they are going toward the woke CRT. You and I've talked about that many times. If they go back to the woke, uh, left bent liberal bent and push back against Tom Askell and push back against Bodie, then, I just don't know if it's something we could support. I mean, I'd still loosely support it now, but I don't know if it's something I could support at all. I know we're talking, we just talked about Disney and you, you know, you can spit out the good, take in the good, spit out the bad. This is different because then they're moving the whole denomination left and the, and so we would be supporting it by even being a part of it at this point. So I'm not contradicting. It's a myself. different sphere of influence, right? Yes. It's a different field. One is, one is spiritual and theological. The other is, is subservient to that anyway. What you do in the flesh is actually supposed to be subservient to the spirit. So therefore, uh, not giving you free reign to watch or do or say anything you want. It's not what it says. We don't, we don't sin more so that grace abounds more. That is, may it never be. That is Paul's words, right? In the New Testament. We, we don't sin more so that grace abounds more. It's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is they're not the same level. There is two spheres. Okay, but however, in this physical realm, the day to day activity of the world, that's the world. It's under the influence of Satan and other other powers, but it's all subservient to Christ because he is king of kings and lord of lords. And that includes this earth, whether we recognize that or not, whether you're lost or saved and you recognize that or not. If you're saved, you better recognize it. The lost will recognize it one day at at final judgment anyway, but it'll be too late. But they're still going to they're still going to pay homage because God said they would. And it's for the glory of the Father. Even if you deny me now, one day you're going to have to confess me. It's better to confess now, correct? But these two spheres are not the same. You know, Lutheranism has a lot to do with that idea of the two spheres. The two realms, mm-hmm. I think it's called. I'm not I'm not saying I support that view exactly. I don't. Because I've said before, I don't think you can separate your politics or your lifestyle from Christianity. You shouldn't be two people, Right. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. A house divided sure. against itself cannot stand, etc., etc. No man can serve two masters, right? 
because you'll wind up hating the one. So all those things are true. They're all scripture that we just quoted, and it's still relevant to, to this issue because this is an entire denomination. I believe it's the largest Protestant denomination in the United States and Canada combined. And it's going off the rails, folks. The train is leaving the tracks. And if it leaves those tracks, it's not coming back. It won't come back. It got close. We, it got close a generation, well, more than a generation ago, and they brought it back. But this, but we're at that, we're at that edge again. We're fomenting revolution here. If this doesn't bring it back, we're doomed on that. The SBC, I will be out of it. I think I'm saying that right. Um, I think it was Adrian Rogers that that was the first president to move it back to the conservative roots. I think I may be wrong, and if I misquote that, somebody let me know. But I, I believe right. it was Adrian Rogers. I and, think that's and, right. Seventy-nine, look, and I think. Like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and well, and it may have been Chriswell. Chriswell was part of that bunch too. A.W. Chriswell was part of that bunch as well. Um, uh, that brought it back. You there, I mean, there were several gentlemen that were part of that. And just like right now, there is Pastor Tom Buck. Uh, there is Tom Askell. There is Vody, Vody Balcom. There is several people that are those still those conservative guys that are standing up for biblical truths. Um, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Bodie's the CRT people's worst nightmare. Yes. We attend a, we actually attend a church like that. I mean, our Tom is the same way. Same way. Yeah. We're just not a large church. Right, right. With a large influence. Well, he's not out there on, he's not out there on social media. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not writing books and getting published and things like that. But as far as being in that same league, as far as this is what he preaches, this is what he teaches, this is what he believes, you know, Pastor Tom's the exact same way. Tom Branson's the exact same way as these other Toms. Tom Askell and Tom Buck, they're just not part of a, he's just not part of a public face for that. Yeah, he's he's not. Tom Buck, Tom Askell all have um, fairly large churches, but also they have a very big social media presence. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, there's the, what is it? The, the sword and the trowel. Is that right? That's Tom, uh, Askell. And the, they have that founders ministry. The sword and the trial has, uh, they have the podcast. It's, you know, uh, well syndicated, well published and kind of all over the place, big influence. So they've got just a larger footprint. So in social media is kind of what garners them that, that attention, their household names. And, uh, I, I won't comment on it much. I will tease it cause I don't know anything about it. Um, there has been some attacks on Tom Buck in the last weeks. I think everybody knew it was coming. Um, but after Easter, he has basically said he won't address the rumors or whatever it was until after Easter. He's laser focused on Easter. So I'll keep you updated after Easter. Sure. Um, we may even reach out to him and see if we could get him to come on. I'd like to talk to Tim about some SBC stuff ahead of the SBC uh, in June. I'd That'd like to get him on maybe. That'd be great. You can rank, work that out. And um, see if we can work that out and get him on. You know, the... When we talked about the SBC last time, I mentioned some of the, you asked me, was there anybody running? You know, who all was running when I mentioned Vody and everything? And I said, a guy named Willie Rice. Well, guess what? <laughs> Since he then, dropped I, out, didn't he? Did he? Good, if he did. And I was, Maybe he did. I don't on. know, but I, I'm going to I'm gonna say this because just a week or so ago, I saw a video in which Willie Rice, oh, man, was showing his... Uh, was 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 waving the flag for CRT and other things, et cetera, and as it stands within the SBC and promoting it. I mean, promoting it. And this was from a conversation in either 2020 or 2021. And um, one of my channels I like to watch on YouTube is Dear Woke Christian. Jason Whitaker, the guy that's always on uh, Tim Frisch's channel, he has his own channel, and on his channel he played these videos and he would stop it and uh, he did drop out according to the Washington Post Willie Rice drops out of the Southern Baptist Convention race for president I just heard it two three days ago two three days ago that's a new one on me I did not catch that I I, I just happened to read I believe it was on Twitter somebody announced that he had dropped out well Reverend Willie is woke Willie woke woke Willie we'll call him woke Willie from now on that'll be our name for him woke Willie so woke Willie broke dropped out good for him We don't need Woke Willie at the SBC. (laughs) 
Shailen may pass out. He's so red. <laughs> so yeah, so Willie Rice is out of the race, and uh, that's good. I, when did you see that? I, I must have missed it. Uh, I think it was Wednesday before I ever before I ever seen it. I, I'm pretty sure it was Wednesday. I'm trying to see when the story is it. Well, not it a, says he broke out. He dropped out April eighth. So yeah, it was just uh, seven days ago actually. Is that not so amazing? That you know you're in the United States when a Protestant denomination, a, a preacher's decision on a Protestant denomination job, uh, makes the Washington Post because in 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 Europe and the rest of the world, so-called Christendom, they they don't care anymore. There's not enough people no. even going to church to matter. It's weird that in America that makes the news. In the rest of the world, it would barely even be a blip on the screen. You do know about the people that were being, um, well, let's face it, persecuted out in, uh, was it Finland? Where they had arrested a member of their own parliament and a, who's a medical doctor and a, a bishop of a church, uh, I think a Lutheran bishop, because of references they made in a book over 10 or 12 years ago about about homosexuality and about gay marriage and so no i missed that that was now considered a hate crime retroactively we're talking something they wrote 10 12 years ago don't get me wrong they both still affirmed it they both still said hey you know well they were they were it was nullified it was kicked out of court finally but i mean after they'd been arrested and fingerprinted and you know had to bail out and everything else and get lawyers and so yeah they a couple weeks ago they won the case but it's just like guys like uh, Al Mohler and uh, James White have been talking. They're the only two I've heard talking about this. They've talked about this case. Both of them have extensively. And they both basically said the same thing. It's a victory, but for how long? And what was the real point of it? It was to make an example out of them so that it'll scare other people off from speaking the truth. They don't want people to speak the truth. You must toe the line. And the point is to think it can't come here. Well, it, it's already in Scandinavia and other parts of Europe. It will come here. It's already hit Canada to some degree above us. It will come here. Well, let's see. How do you say this? Do you remember? I guess it was 2018. Um, it was the um, Shepherds Conference when, when Phil Johnson, it may have been 1817, when Phil Johnson was pushing Al Moeller and they were questioning um you know, all the woke issues. T4G was the big issue. Were they going to sign, you know, with the social justice movement? Remember that? Remember that big debacle where, it was, you know, they kind of. It was um, Al Mohler. It was Mark Dever and one or two others along with John MacArthur. John MacArthur and one other, Phil Johnson. And a and Scottish guy. Sinclair one of, Ferguson. Yeah, one of the Scottish or, guys. And, and this is what I was going to say. He said. We're essentially ten years ahead of you guys. We went through where you're at now. We've already been through, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of a non. You don't want to say non-issue, but it's you know we we've already passed that issue. You know, churchmen just have to learn to work around the law. They have to they have to know how much they can and cannot say. And you know, I've discussed this before that I've said that I sometimes listen to some of the Brits. There's a couple of shows, Unbelievable, which James White's been on, uh, Jeff Durbin's been on, debating. Um, Charles Stanley's son, Andy, um, and things like that. And there's lots of different people on there. Um, Sinclair Ferguson's been on there. A bunch of different people have been on there. People that, guys that I like. I don't listen to all the episodes because, first off, there's hundreds of episodes. Some of them are long. Some of them are not. But I don't have time for it. So I just pick and choose the stuff I want to listen to. Like if there's a debate about evolution versus creationism or something like that, I'll listen to it. Um, but Justin Brierley... Is an is a low key kind of guy, and he he's kind of a good moderator. Um, James White has said he's one of the nicest people on the earth, and you can tell that. Uh, but um, by our standards, he he would think we are ultra conservative, and we would think he's probably pretty liberal. I still think he's a believer. I do think that. Um, I'm not willing to cut ties with him because he's not that kind of liberal. He's not a non believing guy. He's just a socially. He's a European. He's British, and the, again, they've gone beyond it. They're at a point now where their Christianity is, is just, it's part of the social system and they know they can't say certain things and they just don't. Now, they do get away with a lot. They still debate the issues. They, they're still debating transgenderism. They're still debating a lot of those things. And 
You know, I'm always surprised when I hear a person that I always think of as a liberal like N.T. Wright say, you know, transgenderism is one of those things we can't back down on because it's a denial of reality and it's a denial of God's good creation. He created a male and female. There's no, there's no, he's like, there is a confusion in some instances in which people are born with birth defects, but that, what is it called? Hermaphroditism or something like that. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's like 1% of all births worldwide or less than 1% of all births worldwide. It's nothing to get excited about. That can be sorted out over time through surgery and, you know, and, and things like that. That That's not what we're talking about. That, honestly, that's true transsexualism. This, this, this stuff we're talking about today is just, it's was classified as mental illness 10 years ago, and now it's okay. Well, I just read an article. Think about it. I it's central it was- to the plot of Thomas Harris's novel, um, which became a Oscar-winning film, Silence of the Lambs. It's, it's central to the plot. And remember, it's treated as mental illness. And that was 1990. The book came out in 89. Buffalo Bill. Yes. It's central to the plot that he, that he has dysphoria. If you're... Wondering which character we're talking about, Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Uh, there was an article yesterday on one of the mainstream news sites. Um, I'll leave them unsaid, but there's a mainstream news site. So this isn't, you know, one of these off kill, offshoot news. This is a legitimate news site. And it was on two or three when I checked it that two or three women in a women's prison have come up pregnant. And do you know why they're pregnant? Because a transitioning a transgender male or whatever we term that got him pregnant in the prison and we're shocked. That was a, that was a headline. If we saw so a, a, a dude, a dude criminal got put in a women's prison is what you're telling me. Yeah. Essentially, and yeah. now he's out there propagating his seed and planting new criminals inside these other criminal women's wombs. And yeah, that was the news article that broke on a mainstream is on several. That's the illness. That's the true mental illness. It's being suffered by the entire society in the Western <laughs> world that says, Oh, shock. And I, I don't understand how this happened. <laughs> you put a man in a women's prison. You put a Here's rooster what, in a hen house where you didn't want the hens reproducing. I don't see and this is a bent on some people and you know this is a big bent to me i don't see how some pastors can deny the doctrine of total depravity and say there's a little good in everybody and then pick up a newspaper total <laughs> depravity without the regenerating regenerating work of god is all around us and i heard somebody go one time and you and i had a discussion this week oh i'm glad i am not like that and it was dealing with somebody that you and i talked about and it was a a a molestation case yeah. and we were just having a talk it was in the newspaper and we were having to talk about it and somebody had said well i'm glad i'm not like that by the grace of god because you don't know what you're capable of left to your own devices that's anybody the heart of man is deceitfully wicked above all else and who can even and know all it? men can know it yeah did no, quote that right? no, all you did not quote exactly. You did not quote it right, and you don't even know yes. it. Is what it's basically saying. Who can know? Yes, it? who can know the heart of man? Only God. Only God. And yeah, there, and, there before and, the grace of God go I is an old proverb that we should all remember when we're casting judgment. But at the same time, when we're trying to deny certain things about God's about God's character and about man's character, we need to get our anthropology right, and that'll help our theology. I think we should have our theology proper, correct to begin with. But for those that don't. Part of the problem is you're putting your emphasis on your anthropology, which is your center is on man instead of God. Get your center on man when you're studying the Bible and when you're reading and when you're preaching and teaching. And you will have these problems because you'll be able to call out sin as sin. Because no, you God say calls... your center on man. What did I say? God, not man. You say get your center on man. Oh, get your center off man. Get it on God. Yeah, there you go. Where it belongs... And you won't have this problem because you'll be able to call sin a sin, just like God does. And he writes it all out for us in Scripture. There's nothing new under the sun. There's no reason for us to not know that this is not only morally bankrupt, but flat-out idiocy and a fulfillment of Romans chapter 1, showing how we idolatize the creation rather than the Creator until we're left with nothing but a depraved mind. Dare we say church history 
our history matters because you look at the church of Ephesians, Ephesians, they were surrounded by the temple Diana. There were orgies, there were temple prostitutes. It was the depraved sexual nature that we see today throughout the world that was going on then. And and Paul writes to this church who's just enduring it right there. And that's that whole letter is written to it's circular. I don't think it's directly to the Ephesians. Nevertheless, I, I, you know, I think it's certain, but still it's written to those group of people in that area who are in that debacle and note the things he tells them to keep in order. Remember the yeah. whole, the whole chapter in chapter six, where it talks about children, be obedient to your parents. Parents love your children. Don't provoke them to wrath. Husbands love your wives. Wives be submissive to your husbands. All those things in there are for a purpose. They're pointing out the fact that the rest of the world doesn't do this. You're going to do it anyway. By the way, this this emphasis on the husband loving the wife, you know why God has to tell men to love the wife? Because we're dogs. We're dogs. We're, we're selfish. We want to treat ourselves first and not other people. So God's reversing it and saying, no, 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 no. I put you in a position where you're to take care of her. You're to love her. You're to meet her needs. And if you don't do that, you don't have a right to the rest of it that comes with it. Did I tell you that I heard on our our people that we know, bad preacher clips uh, on Twitter, <laughs> that one of the guys from Kentucky preached on Proverbs, and you'll understand where this, why this hits home. Proverbs 31, beginning in verse 10 through the remainder of the chapter, he preaches. And in that first one, it says his, uh, his heart trust in her. Mm-hmm. And he went, have you done anything to gain your husband's trust? Because if it don't, he'll find trust somewhere else. So you are causing him to sin, and he's not a total dog. You just blame the sin of man on the woman. I'm... Hmm. Don't think that's a saying, my fellow. I have, perhaps you should read a little further, further and understand scripture. That was a ice of Jesus if I've ever seen it. So they're putting the onus of anything that might be wrong in the marriage. If a man commits a sin, it's the woman's fault. Wow. Yeah, he said, he actually said, you, I told one of the ladies in this congregation, you ought to go out there in that pen and stare at them coon dogs because he goes hunting every night and you, they got something you ain't. Um, he's not a good husband and he needs to work on his own heart. That's where I would start you. Well, you know, person. <laughs> Meddlesome moron. <laughs> and that's being nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to drink. Uh, you know, I, I've still never watched bad preacher clips, by the way. Or I have I, uh, preacher clips or any of it. I do every now and then I'll spend about a day or a couple, you know, on it, maybe once every couple of weeks, just kind of sorting through. And it's like, Oh, that's, I got a headache now. This is terrible. Have they ever found out who does that? No, uh, no, no. Um, all, all I know is, uh, I know that the recovering fundamentalist had, had a guy on there one time. They said, you're a prime, you're our prime candidate for the person that owns that account. And he goes, it's not me. I promise you. I would admit it. I think if I if it was me, he said, I think I'd be willing to say, yeah, it's me, or I'd just say no comment. But he said, it's not me. I promise you. He said, I'm not lying. I have no reason. I wouldn't lie to you. He said, it's not me. So whoever they there thought, it, whoever they thought it was, it turned out not to be. There is a guy on there, John Hamlin, and he's one of the traveling revivalists, you know, in that IFB circle. And I've I've come to realize those I've, guys. Have I have seven heard songs. that name and clips of him enough to know who he is and. Him and that Tony just was not a bartender. Tony Hudson or whatever his name is. That's it. You got it. Doctor John Hamlin and Doctor Tony Hudson on their honorary doctorates. And John Hamlin has. I, I guess these guys are right. They have like five or seven sermons. That's it. They just travel the country with the same five or seven sermons, and they get new five or seven every year. And this one that he keeps going on is Ezekiel. You know, you know what it comes out of revival at dry bones Baptist church. Oh, wow. And he goes, Do you see it? There it is. Huh? You know, that's it's, and you can almost set the cadence to it every time. Son of man and, uh, prophesied to these dry bones. Hey, that's it. There you go. <laughs> and I'm like, and and he goes, this this chapter can be outlined effortlessly in two points. I'm like, hmm, I'm going to turn this off now, you know, and then we just move on. And uh, hey, um, even his prayers the same, man. 
Even the prayer is the same. And he, if you watch him during the video, he's fooling with his pocket. And, you know, heaven help we bow our heads before God. And, you know, that was the thing that I've noticed that I actually love where we go to church now. It took me a while to notice it. Where we come before it, always the pastor would get up and, you know, all the church would do such, such lead us in prayer. Here, you know, if you're behind the pulpit, you do it now. You you are the one leading the congregational prayer, the pastoral prayer. Yeah, I mean, people have forgot about what a pastoral prayer actually is. I mean, just and some of them are lengthy, and you know what? So they should be because you've got a lot to pray for for that flock sitting underneath you, not underneath you, but oh, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a question, an update. Um, you did finally get all of your new books, didn't you? What books? Well, the last time we talked, you were going to go get a... a oh, I thought I had them last week we talked. The whole library. Did you have them already? I thought I had them, I thought I had them last time. Oh, you yeah, talked about did. the library I yeah, bought? Yeah, you did. You showed me a few of the books. That's right. That's well, right. I, thought, I started to say I thought I had them. That's, I, that's right. why I was confused. Well, like, did I get more? Well, never mind. Just You're going to have to have me over to look at them. I'm going to have to see them. Um, well, here is probably my pride and joy. It stays right here handy in my... That is B-Dag, right is it not? In. Is that is that B-Dag? That's B-Dag. That I, is I saw Bauer's name on it. Second edition, yes. Bauer Danker. And it went a little liberal in one of the latter editions, so I kind of went backward to the second edition. Uh, edition. Um, of course, then I got some Leon Wood. You know how I like you know, his, his writings. You know, of course, he did the commentary on Daniel and... And I now I've got the prophets of Israel. I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying this. You remember oh, when you wow, got this a thousand fourth... guys to ways to lose a guy? Awesome! You, you remember when you got me this on eBay? Yeah. This uh, this set of um, new international commentary on the New Testament. It is not. It's a new international commentary on the New Testament. Well, I am finally reading the commentary on oh, Luke. The old Luke one. Yeah, Norval Geldenheis. And uh, he is Dutch reform. I think he might have been from, uh, I think he might have been at a seminary in South Africa at the time, a professor there, the time he wrote this. This is from back in the 50s. Um, this isn't, and this is an old edition. And I got to say, I'm reading on this currently, as well as my daily Bible, uh, the, the MacArthur the daily MacArthur. Bible that I got back in, in December. I've been reading on it. I just read some this morning. And um, the only other, the only other, books i'm currently reading on is i have a book um on a uh a guitarist that i really like wrote his own wrote an autobiography it's just kind of a talks about his career and stuff it's kind of interesting and um then i uh picked up in the last few days these two history tomes the children of henry the eighth by allison weir and looks like the Life of Elizabeth the First, also daughter of uh, uh, kind of the sequel by Allison Weir, and I gotta say, all I read was all I did was skim through the Children of Henry the Eighth, but I am excited to read that because the majority of the book is devoted to Bloody Mary and the stuff that went on with her, and I'm I'm very curious about reading that because you know I have Fox's Book of Martyrs, but this is you know just from a this is just from a secular historian view. I'm just curious to see what they say about it. Well, there's a movie, I believe it's on Peacock right now. It's Mary Queen of Scots. Um, and John, a gentleman plays John Knox in it. And we started watching it, but I got to back up and start all over uh, again. Cause we just, we, it, it seems like it'd be pretty good. I don't, I don't know. I've only watched 15, 20 minutes of it, but I'm going to spoil something for you that happened 400 years, 400, 500 years ago. Elizabeth killed her. <laughs> <laughs> here is what i'm i'm back to reading you remember when i started this but i kind of went away from it is i'm back on pauline eschatology by gahardis voss oh yeah um so i'm i'm really looking for this and i've later found out i did told you i did not know where gahardis mr voss eschatology landed and i did later find out he's all millennial He's one of the big all millennial guys. So I want to read this here. I've, I've kind of went away from it because I read. Well, uh, well, tell me, did you ever finish the 40 something hours lectures of, um, of, uh, Kim, Kim Riddlebarger on, uh, on, yeah, on I'm three quarters of the way through it. Cause you I'm, said it was I'm, like, I probably I, got three or four left. I think you told me it was like 
did you say it was like close to 40 hours or was it 20 hours? No, I was closer to 20. I, I probably got two episodes left. I probably got 18 of the 20 hours. Um, and let's say, you, you know, said I you've really you enjoyed I'm that. He goes pretty deep. One. Yeah. Well, he's a guy, yeah, that, he, he's a guy that came from fundamentalism. He was premillennial, you know, dispensational eschatology all the way. I listened to him a lot on uh, White Horse Inn. It's a really good. Yes. Michael Horton. Yeah. Michael Horton. A really good, uh, podcast, folks. I, I know I've recommended it before, but White Horse Inn, uh, give it a shot. Um, uh, they usually stay, they actually stay on target and don't tell jokes. They're <laughs> they're very good. I, well, what's funny is I have a Michael Horton book here that I was looking forward to show you, but I don't remember what it is. And some of my books, I'll be honest with you, right now are being used. Um, sad news last week. Um, we I hadn't shared anything because of the battle, but uh, one of my closest friends of 21 years passed away with a very brief battle with cancer. He was my golfing buddy. He was a deacon at church. Um, kind of molded me into who I am. He's just, um, was, a more like an older brother to me than anything else of somebody that I love dearly. But a lot of my books right now that this are setting on, I, uh, was a pallbearer and was honored enough to not preach the funeral, but be able to give a eulogy, tell a little, some things about him and had a great honor doing that. But I actually have the flower where I was a pallbearer and I've got it being pressed in some books here. So it's in wax paper. So some of the books I can't pick up because, but yeah, just, um, you know, I think sometimes we forget the product of the fall is yeah. these sicknesses and these illnesses enter and somebody that we think has gone too early, but you know what? That's gone. God's sovereign decree. Part of God's plan too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, um, one thing we still have to look forward to and, you know, Lord Terry's, you always hear that, Lord Terry's is coming, then then we're all going to pass away from this earth, this existence, right? But, Absolutely. But our great hope is in the resurrection, the new life in him, and we'll have that. And there'll be no more sickness and no more death, and we'll have our glorified body and the new name that only Jesus knows that he has given us. And we um, we will see the the final enemy defeated, which is death itself. There'll be no more death. Death is thrown away. And and uh, in the meantime, we're still struggling on this earth. But uh, you know, one day there'll be no more struggle. We won't struggle with no, our absolutely. sin. We won't struggle with our sin nature. We won't struggle with any of it. It'll all be gone. All the the battles we fight now are gone then. And that's and great. The way he handled that sickness was, uh, I believe it's in Galatians where Paul talks about the grace that you have and kind of those moments. Watching him, this is very brief. I mean, we found out in December. The peace that, that he passes any understanding. Yeah, the peace and the understanding that only comes from God. Yeah. And uh, we found out in December, uh, right before Christmas, he called me on Friday or Saturday night to tell me that he had metastasized liver cancer. Didn't know what type. At that point, you know, several people have metastasized liver cancer, and they're still leading somewhat of a normal life for several years. Um, but he had an aggressive form. Um you know, that was basically untreatable and he had a couple of treatments, but there was, there was just nothing, you know? Well, your relationship together and your sense of, your both of your sense of humor was on display in the story you told me last week. He said, do you think we'll play golf <laughs> in eternity? Yeah. You said, yes, but you still won't be as good as me. <laughs> yeah. That was our, uh, the night he, the night he got cancer. Uh, those of you don't know, I love golf. At one time I was a golf professional. Uh, and, um, I love that. He, he, uh, he got cancer when he got cancer in December and we figured out, I said, you know what, if you really wanted to beat me in golf, you could ask, I'd let you beat me one time. You didn't have to go and get cancer, you know? And, uh, he, uh, we're actually going today. I told you before we start recording, that's what some of his friends today are going to play golf kind of just to get together and remember him. And, um, <laughs> there's two of us that have never played together, but you know, we just had never worked out in all these years to play golf together right. with, along with our friend, but, um, he always drove the golf cart. And so like me and him were trying to figure out how in the world do I go about driving the golf cart? Cause I'm used to be my big lovable buddy driving the golf cart, you know? And, uh, oh, we got stories that go back for, <laughs> I mean, years to, on him that are just, he was one of those characters that. He loved life. He loved people. And somehow he brought out the best in everybody that he was around. I mean, he just 
did. I mean, and it was, he didn't, he was one of the people that we talk about. He done so many things behind the scenes, giving to organizations, giving to schools. And he didn't want it displayed. Right. He never wanted anything displayed that he did, you know, and it was, it was, he was a lot of fun. I remember the way I, I, of course, this was mine and his sense of humor because I picked at him as much as he did me, but he was a, he was a chiropractor. And so he had a lot of patients and he knew a lot of people. The problem was he didn't know them like they knew him. And so he would see people out and they assumed that he knew everything about them. And even though he'd only see them once every three months, but they just assumed that I, I could, I could tell you when he knew who he was talking to or didn't know who he was talking to. And so I waited for the right opportunity of this guy was in depth in this conversation and he's just, uh huh, uh huh. But he's staying very vague in the whole conversation. I let it go on for 10 minutes and I finally looked at him and said, Hey man, ain't you going to introduce me to your buddy? (laughs) (laughs) And I'd, you know, uh, and you know me, so you know I'd be in trouble because I'm horrible with names. I don't remember anything, uh, man. He talked his way out of it. He got around it. That's how good he was. We got in a cart, and he goes, "Just remember, I owe you." <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those good that, guys that would have made a good interrogator, a good detective in the, in the box because he could trick you into telling everything you need to tell. Oh yeah, he 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 was just. Uh, he, he was just in, but two daughters in their twenties, you know, he leaves behind a, a new, um, 18 month old granddaughter, you know, just, a just a great guy, you know, just, you know, but that's, you said that that's what my books, I can't look at a lot of them we were looking for. Cause I've got them piled up here. Some theological books that are weighty. Well, doc, we, uh, dedicate this episode to you, including it's rambling glory. Hey, I, Oh, this was mine and his conversations, much like mine and I, yours. I brought up books when I really had no reason to and didn't know it, but I will bring up something as a follow-up to a recent episode that we did, dis- I know for a fact we discussed this, was um, now Associate Justice of the Supreme Court, Katanji Jackson-Brown, oh, yes, she, was, she was confirmed last week, and so we have a new Associate Justice, but she's not the new Associate Justice because the way things work, until the end of the... Uh, decisions in june she won't actually start till the next session briar is still briar is is a retiring but he's not retired he didn't leave the office he's still there because there's a couple of big decisions coming out in june yes including Uh the mississippi abortion case which could change the way we view roe v wade i hope but we'll see um but you do know that uh mr mr visher phil visher founder of veggie tales another loon left-leaning loon who who was supposedly Christian, um, and he may be born again. I, I I shouldn't say it that way, I guess, but he is a left leaning loon, regardless of whether he is or is not born again. Made the statement that all the work we have done for for forty fifty years on to try to get rid of Roe v Wade, and and recent studies show that if if we actually got Roe v Wade overturned, based on the states that would in fact still legalize abortion on their own. It, it might only actually eliminate 10% of all abortions na- nationally every every year, every atom. If it eliminates one, it's worth it. Hey, is he missing the point? With 2 million abortions yeah. a year, that's 200,000 babies not dead. Does he not, would he not stop, stop a, any other incident to save 200,000 people? That's a crock, dude. If, if it eliminates it, one child. I agree with something that John Cooper on his show, Cooper Stuff, played this video and talked about it a few weeks ago, late March. And he said, when this came out, it was 2020. He said, why I'm commenting on it now is just because of some other things that happened. And that's where they comment on him. In a recent video, they had commented on John Cooper and on um, Alicia, can't think of her name, former Christian singer, um, has written a book about postmodernism and critical theory and wokeism in the church. I forget the name of it, but boy, I'm really prepared to not to, not, to speak on this <laughs> subject. But anyway, um, he got, he said, I don't care that they commented on me so much, but she's a dear friend to me and my wife. And that we actually used to tour together when she was in this other band that she used to be in. And he said, uh, 
She's a good, she's a godly woman, godly wife, godly mother, and wrote this book, and everything she said in it is true. She backs it up with facts, and they're criticizing her, and they're criticizing him and stuff. And anyway, uh, he, he basically, then he shows an old video. He goes, just to show you, this isn't anything new. He shows, um, Phil Vischer's program, by the way, is called The Holy Post, like a play on the Holy Ghost really? and a play on, on a post, like a, a you know, like the Saturday Evening Post, the a weekly or a monthly newspaper or newsletter. So sent through the mail. So Holy Post. Well, Vischer's on there and he makes this comment about abortion. And he, John Cooper said, honestly, this disgusts me. I'm just going to be honest with you. He said, I'm disgusted by this. By Mr. Vischer saying that it'll only save 10%, so is it even worth it? He goes, that's 200,000 people that would be born and not murdered in the womb. Of course it's worth it. Like you said, uh, if we yeah. could save one person, it's worth it. You know, um, yeah. what if there's actually only one person left to be saved before the church is over? Do we just go on and ask Jesus to come now because it's getting rough for us and not let that other person be saved? Or do we endure, even if that means a Christian getting his head chopped off somewhere in the world right now in order for someone else to be saved? Do we say it's not worth it for that one more person to be saved? Of course we wouldn't say that. No. I can't believe people are saying this stuff and calling it as being part of the, of the family of God, part, and, and doing it in the name of Christ. And it irritates me. And, and just so you know, in case people don't know, those people that grew up on Veggie Tales, Vischer was the character of Larry Boy. He was the cucumber. Okay? So, uh, and when you listen to him, you can kind of tell it if you've ever seen one of their, uh, like, cartoon videos. But, um, yeah. I just... That kind of stuff just ugh, irritates me. Yeah. And like John Cooper said, with that one back in 2020 when he's talking about abortion, he goes, why don't you just say, Vischer, vote for Biden. Just vote for Biden. That's what you were trying to get across. You see, he was saying Christians are, are so firmly entrenched on the one issue John Piper of said abortion. The same thing. I know. I know. John Piper said the same blast. I don't thing. understand this. And this is a guy who's who 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 whose church was early on in affirming in January, you know, calling it Life Day and having the anti-abortion sermon every every January of every year. And and he still does it. And yet he's out there saying, you know, we've got to... We, mean tweets are bad. Orange Man is bad. I don't like Orange Man either. And mean tweets are stupid. And presidents shouldn't be on Twitter. Period. But you didn't say that about the previous president. Obama was on Twitter. He was the first one to do it. My point is, residents should stay off social media, okay? That's just for etiquette and decorum. But that's got nothing to do with policy and procedure. The policy and procedure of one party's presidency is not the same as the other. And we are in a situation now where we are so plainly divided on the issue of the culture of death versus the culture of life, liberty versus tyranny, that I don't understand it. I don't love the Republican Party. I don't love the GOP, the Grand Ole Party. Okay, I don't. But I'm stuck voting for them because of the stance they make on certain issues. And the, and at least they're, even if they're not 100% on board with what I believe, at least they're not the other side who have just lost yeah. their minds. They've given up right. any pretense to being a, quote, Christian denomination. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, this woman's young, by the way, so she has the potential to be in the court for another 25, 30, 40 years even. If she lives a normal lifespan and remains healthy, we're stuck with her and her views are radical. Um, and she can't tell define what a woman is. And that's not all. Did you know about the, no, Lin- know. did you know about the Lindsey Graham thing? Asking her about, um, child pornography. Yep. Why she sentenced and it. She yes, said, it uh, this man took 10 minutes on his computer and it could cost him 30 years of his life. And Graham said, good, it should. These are somebody's children and they've been abused and some grown man raping a prepubescent child and filming it and other people getting off on that. Come on. Yeah. Look, you abuse, you abuse the young ones and you face the wrath of God. I'm serious. You just do. Right. Jesus said, suffer the children to come into me. He, did, he told Israel explicitly, do not abuse your children. Do not put your children through the fire of Moloch. Do not do any of those things. He said that for these reasons, and he named them, bestiality, homosexuality, uh, incest, and, and, and child abuse, and child murder through sacrifice, 
that he was destroying the Canaanites and all the other ites that were there and kicking them out of the land. The land was vomiting them out because of their evil. I, we're in that territory yeah. right now in the United States. We are. I mean, I tell you. Oh, no, no. I'm yeah, telling you, we, we started talking about this. I don't know. Short, we mentioned this shortly after we started this, this program two years ago. I mentioned like hearing a TED talk where a woman who had been part of uh, Interpol and her job was to profile and, and find uh, child, child, child abusers, child molesters. And she said, I honestly have learned to feel sympathy for them. Because imagine if the only way you know to love was suddenly outlawed. What if your love for your wife or your husband were suddenly wrong in the eyes of society? Well, there's nothing sudden about you don't abuse children. There's nothing sudden about that. It's explicit and implicit throughout Old and New Testaments. I, I agree. I, I, I agree. We are literally and, uh, turning millennia of human existence I, on its head. I laid in bed last night, and one of our, our youngest daughter has been sleeping with me and my wife because she's going through the bad dreams phase sure. and all that. Every kid so does. My, 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 my little bug's been sleeping with my wife and I'm, I'm late. Actually, I've said this to my wife multiple times over the last few years. It's a shame when the, the person in the house that is supposed to be the protector, i.e. the dad, is the monster. And it's sad. And that happens more than we know. And sure it does. And that's not anything little, new either. If my little girls hear thunder or something, they're running straight to me. <laughs> this is how they are. So, But on that note, I guess that's a... I, I, I guess we preached though. enough. Yeah, I guess we preached enough. But I will say this but, before we go. Um, yes, we did not cover as um, soteriology today, but there is a reason. We have, we, have a a we have a method to our madness. Please stick with us. There's a plan. Nor did we ever promise you we would do back-to-back episodes on soteriology. But that is upcoming in our next episode. We'll Our next regularly scheduled episode will be on that, okay? And uh, we have some, some we, we have guests, and we're going to do some things on that. I think that's going to be great. I think it's going to be a great episode. I really do. I worked out this week the two guests, getting them on, and um, did you yes. And I did okay. hear I did hear from them about there are certain times they neither one can do it. So we've got time to work this out within the next three to four weeks where we'll get them on, and it'll be before you guys go to. Um, the convention that you're going oh, to. We're still doing. We're still doing live. I'm going to call you. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do little ten minute things every day. I think. Um, I think that'll be good. Uh, I don't think I'm going to take my blue mic. I'll have to use my computer mic uh, that, just work. for packing spaces. I can do the same thing. We'll be fine. Yeah. And uh, but we're going to do some short stuff. So well, until I, then, I, I, I guess think, it is God bless. I think that's going to be great. Uh, we'll, we'll do the soteriology next time. Uh, have some bonus episodes we'll be putting out before then, and also. Another one to go in conjunction with that. You'll understand when we do it. All right, Chalen, you take care. All right. God bless. All right.